Scouting out of the blue corner. He gives you your football meat and potatoes style and is the undisputed king of detailed player analysis. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you Steve the Hey guys, this is Steve the Scout with the Pro Football Scouting Show, and we are continuing our coverage uh, of NFL training camp, giving you a preview uh, of the training camps for all 32 NFL teams. This show is brought to you by PigskinNutRadio.com, the soon-to-be undisputed king of football radio. Whether you're driving to work on lunch break, driving home, or just having a nice, relaxing evening, it's always better when you're getting your football fix. Whether it's breaking down players on this show, the Pro Football Scouting Show, tuning into controversial topics and debates on Football Roundtable, discussing classic football players and topics on Wide Right, or even exclusive shows on your favorite NFL team with our current lineup including the Giants, Eagles, Cowboys, Rams, Broncos, and Steelers. This is the future of football radio. Make pigskinnut.com and pigskinnutradio.com your ultimate source for football news and radio. It's the football news and radio you've been missing. So uh, we're continuing our, our previews today. Uh, you know, focusing, you know, this week uh, on the AFC West. Uh, so far, you know, we, we've given you coverage of the uh, of, of the of the charge of the Chargers and the Chiefs, uh, you know, for for the Chargers. You know, we had our radio producer, Josh Davis, on for that uh, for for the Chiefs. We brought on Derek Thomas, who is our, our, our chief analyst for the Chiefs. Um, so he was on yesterday. And then today we have uh, Pigskin Nut, our, our first and only uh, senior writer, Patrick Chiodi, who is, who also covers the Denver Broncos for us, and uh, you know he is uh, he's here today uh, to actually you know talk about Broncos training camp. We're going to talk about you know looking at last year offensively and defensively. You know what went what what went right, what went wrong. You know how do how do they you know what did their offseason look like, and really what do we expect from this offense and defense and training camp, and what'll be what what'll be what'll be some of the keys there. So. Patrick, are, are you ready for another season of Broncos football? You getting excited over there? Oh, yeah, I'm getting real excited. Camp started today. Uh, it was good to see, you know, all the contract disputes getting handled right before uh, right before business was about to take off. Uh, and it's it's just really good to see this this new atmosphere going on in in the Mile High City. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, they, they, they made some moves in the offseason. You know, they, they brought in, you know, Joe Flacco. You know, um, drafted Drew Locke in the second round. They got a big tight end, and uh, you know, there's, um, you know, th- there's definitely more reason. You know, there's more reason to be excited. Um, you still, you still got got your key guys. You know, and uh, and it'll it'll be it'll be exciting to to see to see what they can do. Um, you know, Patrick. You know, look looking at the Broncos on the on the offensive side of the ball. You know what what went right for them last year, and you know where do they struggle a little bit? So the. The one thing that the Broncos did right last year uh, under Vance Joseph and and Bill Musgrave in the offense was get the running game going. Um, Obviously, part of Musgrave's offense, it being more of a zone predicated uh, run style, was having running backs that can see the holes and explode through the holes uh, and having a formidable offensive line. 
while the offensive line on paper last year didn't look great, they were actually one of the better units in the NFL. Uh, the rushing attack, while it was ranked in the 20th, uh, it, around 20th for rushing attempts. They actually finished in the top 10 in rushing yards, yards per game, and yards per carry. So this was a team that really took advantage of all the carries, uh, all the carries that they had with Royce Freeman, uh, a rookie, and Philip Lindsay, of course, an undrafted rookie who made a big splash on the scene, um, becoming a thousand yard rusher uh, for the Broncos. We wish that they would have seen a little more, uh, a little more action. You know, I mentioned that they were they were really low in the carries. That's really not something that we were hoping to see, especially with Case Keenum uh, behind the helm. But uh, they did a very good job of keeping the run game solid, controlling the clock, uh, and when they did win games, that was a big component of it: was uh, busting off big runs, controlling the clock late in the games. Uh, and just taking advantage of those situations. Yep, and and, um, and, and you know they 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 were they were they were efficient running the ball. You know, a lot of people say that oh, you know we we never saw it coming. You know, with with Phil Lindsay, we wouldn't have expected this out of him. But uh, the guy is ultra athletic. He ran his forty time is just as fast, just as fast as Saquon Barkley. Um, you know, were you were you that surprised? Or I mean, I'm sure you were a little surprised, but you know, based on the kind of yeah. success that he had that early on. Yeah. So, you know, uh, I had the pleasure of watching him. Um, you know, I'm a Pac-12 guy. So watching him at Colorado was a, a pleasure of mine. You always saw the explosiveness out of him. Uh, the one thing that did surprise me, though, was how well his game transitioned. Uh, you know, one of the biggest knocks on him, you know, he didn't even get an invite to the combine. Uh, ultimate sign of disrespect, really put a big chip on his shoulder. The guy's only about 5'8", five, 5'9", five, um, but he's pretty built. So one of the things that blew me away when watching a lot of his film uh, and and really digging down deep into into who this player was, was his fire, was his tenacity. Uh, you would see him a lot of times, you know, get seven, eight yard gains, get popped and get right back up. And you can just see him jawing away at a defender. Um, that's the kind of attitude that you want to see, especially out of a guy who didn't get drafted. He already feels like he got shafted by the league. Uh, and he's out to prove himself. Um, you know, this is a guy who he can have a big impact in the running game. He can also have a big impact in the passing game, something that we didn't get to see a lot of last season that uh, that has been hinted to that we'll see more of. Um, but Philip Lindsay, really, if if you paid attention to Pac-12 football, if you paid attention to Colorado sports, um, it really wasn't much of a surprise that he would do so well. I think it was more of a surprise of, of how well he did, uh, you know, breaking down his film with those, with that zone blocking scheme, the way that he was able to fit through some of those gaps. I mean, the gaps were not big enough. A guy like Royce Freeman wouldn't fit through these gaps, but Philip Lindsay, he's sneaky quick. So he fit through these gaps. He would, he would burst off just huge runs and uh, it, it made Broncos football electrifying again. So uh, a, a lot of people outside of the mile high were uh, very surprised at him. But if you paid attention in college and you paid attention at him coming up, you weren't too surprised. 
Yeah, you you know you, you look at his college film, you know you, you know it, it it almost it looks like he was running with a lot more power, a lot mm-hmm. more a lot more power his rookie year. You know the other thing too is that, uh, you know he she showed not only you know you know I think he's a dual he's going to be. He's one of those dual purpose backs that you want nowadays. A, a guy, a guy that can be can be a pass catching back as well. Um, I actually took some returns over there, you know, back in college. I'm not sure if he did that, you know, his um, his freshman year. But you know what he has is he's 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 got he's got football speed. He's got straight line speed, and he has really great first and second level vision. And um, you know, he he definitely ran with a very angry style his rookie year. So, uh, you know, people were you know people were thinking you know. Oh, who is, you know, who is this guy? He was, you know, he's not even like, you know, that athletic, but like, yeah. you know, he's, he's pretty athletic when you actually, when you actually watch him and, you know, you even see just, you know, even some of the speed that he's got there. Um, do you see, you know, do you see Royce Freeman coming into this year being, you know, a bigger contributor? Do you think these guys are going to be splitting carries? Is this, is this something that you might look for, you know, offensively in the preseason from these guys? Yeah, so uh, offensive coordinator Rich Scandarello uh, has hinted at there being more of a split in between the carries, uh, with Royce Freeman taking a lot of the first-team carries. Um, you know, obviously with with Lindsey's wrist injury, um, he's taking it slow coming into camp, uh, but Freeman is going to take the first-team reps. I think that uh, during the season, it's going to be hard to keep Philip Lindsay off the field. I mean, he was he was just so electrifying. He 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 was very good in those uh, in those situations where the team really needed to get some yards. Um, he fought very well for yards, and and Royce Freeman being the bigger back, he fights very well for yards. So it's going to be really hard to keep. Uh, to keep one or the other off the field. I think Royce Freeman will have a better year. This shift to a more traditional zone blocking offense is going to be uh, it's going to be a very good thing for him because that's what they ran at Oregon. That's what made him such a productive back with the Ducks. Um, his his vision is one of the most underrated traits that uh, people see of him. A lot of we we heard a lot of the chirps out of Denver, a fan saying, you know, Freeman can't run with the ball. He doesn't have the vision. Uh, he showed a lot of vision his rookie season, and it's only going to get better. Go back and watch their game against Kansas City, that first game against Kansas City. Freeman had a beautiful run. He looked like he was trapped on the outside. Cuts it back past two defenders, scampers 10 yards for a touchdown. It's a beautiful play. It's a beautiful run. It shows why he was one of the most touted backs uh, in the class, and it shows why Denver really trusts in him. And I think that he's going to have an amazing season with the Broncos. Yeah, and, and, you know, you think about it, you know, they're they're actually, you know, they're, they're pretty complementary, you know, towards each other. You know, we Phil Blinsey can be a north-south runner, but, you know, that's – that's what um, Royce Freeman's calling card is. Is 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 this is this almost like like the return of like getting back like a C.J. Anderson? Because we all know there's a period of time C.J. C.J. Anderson was with the Broncos. He was lighting it up. Are, can, can Broncos fans expect to see that kind of production? And oh maybe, sure. Maybe a similar type player from him. Oh yeah. I mean, when you look at Royce Freeman, he is a big guy. He's he's very big. He doesn't look very big, but he is big, much like C.J. Anderson. With Royce Freeman. Think C.J. Anderson, but a lot faster and a lot stronger. This guy is a freak. He is an athletic freak. He's a workout freak. And and he 
he shows that sneaky explosiveness uh, through the hole, and and he'll come barreling down with that frame. Uh, so I think as far as like seeing a guy who can eat a lot of yards, who can get a lot of yards per carry, Royce Freeman's going to be your guy. Yeah, Philip Lindsay can do the same thing. He can put his head down and get a couple yards here and there. But Royce Freeman is. Uh, you know, I watched it live. I, I watched it happen when they played the Seahawks in week one, late in the game. Broncos have the lead. They relied on Royce Freeman for a lot of those yards, and he carried three, four guys, multiple yards to fight for first downs. That's the kind of guy that they need late in games. It's the kind of guy that they need late in seasons, much like C.J. Anderson was for us. Yeah, no, I, 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 absolutely. And, and you know, he's, you know, he's one of those guys, you know, also really, really good after contact as well. Um, you know, not just because he's big, because, um, but, you know, he's really good, you know, at absorbing contact, which, you know, like I said, you know, gives him a, a bit, a bit of a bit of a balance there. So, so, right. you know, we, we all know last year, you know, it was, it was the year of Case Keenum, you know, I think Broncos fans, you know, with, you know, with, with him not really meeting the expectations, um, you know, are, are, do, do you have some trust issues with with John Elway and, and picking out quarterbacks lately? Because he's, you know, he said we got our guy. He said Flacco. He said Flacco is our guy. And, and before that, you know, he didn't he didn't have a, he didn't have a, a lot of a lot of luck before that. So yeah. is, um, you know, it, look, it's hard for John Elway to, to to be to be on the hot seat. And I don't know if he if he is because he's drafted some other good players, but. Um, I, would you say there, there's definitely pressure on him, you know, for the quarterback situation to be to be working out better this year? Oh, absolutely. Uh, I mean, you got to look at what has happened post Peyton Manning. Uh, you know, obviously, Peyton is one of the greatest football players of all time. We all know that uh, he's widely considered to be one of the greatest Broncos of all time, even though he he didn't play a very long time in the city. Um, but looking at what he did post Manning. We have Brock Osweiler, who was a second round pick. Uh, granted, during that Super Bowl year, Osweiler played a very pivotal role uh, and actually helped the team maintain a winning record, get them to the playoffs, uh, and so on and so forth. So, uh, yeah, you know, after the fact, letting him walk to Houston, uh, you know, and then bringing him back, eh, maybe it wasn't the best idea. <clears throat> um, Trevor Simeon. Seventh round pick, uh, won the starting job. Uh, you know, he was very, very average. That's fine. But then you get into Paxton Lynch, first round bust. Uh, you sign Case Keenum to a, a two year, $16 million contract. Um, and then you trade for Joe Flacco, who, after he got hurt, got his, uh, lost his job to Lamar Jackson. Uh, he is on the hot seat. He has to be uh, trading for Flacco. You know, that can be kind of a wishy-washy thing because they did end up trading Case Keenum. So that's fine. But if Drew Locke does not pan out, if he does not become successful and it, it won't be this year, it's not going to be this year. They're not they're not expecting Drew Locke to, to bust out and break out this year. It's going to be next year. Um. If he can't push Joe Flacco next year and he starts to show the same type of mannerisms that Paxton Lynch had when he was here, there's going to be a problem. Uh, like you said, Elway has had some great classes. Um, he's drafted some great players. But uh, quarterback's been one of those positions where he's struggled. 
And we need to see him have a success in order for him to stay in Denver. And, 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 you know, um, yeah, I agree. A lot of it's riding on lock. And I mean, you know, of all these quarterbacks, there's some, you know, we talk about Haskins and Murray, those guys got really good arms, but I didn't, I didn't see anyone that could sling it like Drew Locke. I mean, you know, oh, no. there was a little bit, a little bit of Mahomes-esque there. And, and I think, you know, that, that might, that might, that might, that might've been, you know, what, what Elway was looking for. We're going to take a quick commercial break. We're going to come back and uh, talk more on the Broncos and the, on the offensive side of the ball heading into their 2019 training camp. We'll be right back. And we're back here on the Pro Football Scouting Show, talking Broncos training camp preview. Um, here we're here with Patrick Chiodi, uh, our pigskin nuts, one and only senior writer, and uh, also covers the De- the Denver Denver Broncos for us. So, um, you know, so far, you know, we've talked a little bit about the quarterback situation, you know, and, and the and the running back, um, you know, the offensive line last year, you know. Um, what did you, you know, what went, you know, what was good and bad last year? And, and you know, what do you want to see out, out of this group in camp? And maybe what do you expect to see too? Sure. Um, so last year, the offensive line was very, very good um, in the running game. Uh, one of the things that we talked about before, very underrated group as far as the running game goes. The other area they were very underrated in was in pass protection. Uh, shockingly enough, they were tied for 10th in the league with the least amount of sacks allowed. Uh, so that was a good sign. And and by far on paper, that unit is a lot worse than the unit they have now, uh, especially with the factor of Mike Munchak being hired on as the offensive line coach. That is a huge hire. Uh, as you might know, Munchak was in the running to be the Broncos head coach. Um, unfortunately, they went with, well, not unfortunately, fortunately, they went with Vic Fangio, uh, the the Bears defensive coordinator, and they ended up getting Munchak as well to get a lateral move and bring him to Denver as the offensive line coach. Munchak's one of the best offensive line coaches in the business, probably the best. So uh, while they lost, they lost uh, Matt Paradis. That was tough to see. Uh, They lost Jared Valdir. He's retired. They lost Billy Turner, who was a swing tackle, who, who played pretty well for us. And then we lost Max Garcia, uh, who really wasn't much of a factor. He was just kind of a fill-in guy. So you lose those guys, and you add in Dalton Reisner uh, from Kansas State, who is one of the most versatile offensive linemen from this draft class. He can play either tackle spot. He can play either guard spot. And he can even play center if you need him to. Uh, he comes in with a lot of nasty. He's a, from, he's a, a local kid. He's from a small town in Colorado, so... He, he told Elway at the Combine that he wanted to play in Denver, and he got his wish. They, the big free agent signing on the offensive line was Juwan James from Miami. Now, a lot of people doubted this signing. A lot of people said, why are they spending so much money on this guy? A lot of that came from Miami, uh, a team who whose starting quarterbacks were Ryan Tannehill and Brock Osweiler. Uh, so while a lot of people were ridiculing the Broncos for making that signing. It's actually one of the better signings Elway has made in free agency in the last few years. He's a, a, a steady guy at the right tackle spot. He's still pretty young, uh, and he can be serviceable there, especially with a veteran like Ron Leary right next to him. Uh, this unit is going to be a lot better than the unit last year. Uh, they're just going to be, it, it's going to be a more complete unit. You know, it, we have to see where Garrett Bowles can be. 
Uh, we have to see where Connor McGovern can be, but um, as a as a whole, this unit's going to be a lot better in pass protection and a lot better in the run game. Yeah, and, and you know, with 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 the offense right now, really, you know, they're 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 really a running football team. You know, um, you know, it makes sense. You need to have some of those guys, you know, up front. You know, that can that can help you out there. Um, you know, they got they got Dalton Reiser in the draft. You know, really great character guy as well. Um, you know, you always, you know, offensive lineman. You know, you always look at. You know, I always say the offensive linemen are the good guys, the defensive linemen are the bad guys, and look, <laughs> you know, it, it just seems to be that way. But anyway, yeah. um, you know, you look at Dalton Reisner, you know, you know, great guy. You know, if you look look at some of the work he's done on off the field, and I think a guy um, who can come in, you know, and, and uh, you know, contribute contribute for, for them right away. Um, you know, um, so, so I mean, this 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 offensive line, I I I agree, it'll be better. You know, you know, are are there, you know, which one or two players? you know, really performing at a high level in training camp on the O-line might be the biggest keys here. Well, it's it's got to be Reisner. Um, you know, obviously he's going to have a lot uh, a lot on his shoulders being a rookie. The other one is going to be Garrett Bowles. Um, you know, he's coming up on a contract year. Uh, he was a first-round pick. He hasn't really worked out. He showed some flashes here and there. Um, but the real question is, is can he break out? I think Munchak is going to be able to help him a lot uh, in his pass sets, help him not hold as much, which was the it's the biggest frustration of the Broncos fan base, uh, you know, because those those plays are are drive killers. Uh, there were a lot of times last season where Denver was moving the ball, and uh, you'd have a really big play on a on a crucial down, and there would be a flag for holding. And guess who? It's seventy two Garrett Bowles. Um, so. Those are the two guys on the offensive line that really need to have a standout camp um, as far as performance goes. Yep. And, and then, you know, what, you know, look, look, <clears throat> still looking at the offensive side of the ball, they bring in, they bring in Rich uh, Scangarello, who, um, you know, and, and I, I, I'll tell you this, you know, Nick Mullins, you know, didn't get talked about last year, but for, for an undrafted rookie, um, he played really. He played. He, he played an intelligent brand of football at the quarterback position last year. Um, I mean, you know, you, you watched. You know, I know the 49ers didn't win a whole lot of games, but um, you know, you, you look. You look at really what he's done. You know, with the, with the other quarterbacks there. You know, in San Francisco, with with Jimmy Garoppolo not always being on the field. Um, do you do you think that played a big role in helping him get the job? And are, are you excited to have this guy as the new offensive coordinator? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, Scantarello is a guy who is a lot like Vic Fangio in a sense, um, where he really likes to play off of his players' strengths. Um, Excuse me. Um, He really likes to play off of his players' strengths, and that's what he did in San Francisco with Garoppolo, with uh, Bethard, and especially with Mullins. He played right off of their strengths, helped them them understand the offense um and and turn them into quality quarterbacks and that is exactly why elway why fangio wanted him to come in was because they believe that with the right coaching uh in the right system this this offensive unit can be one of the top teams in the league i'm very happy to have scandarello uh as as the leader of this offense because it, it gives me hope for guys like Locke, uh, you know, even if he has to come in in, in situations 
uh, that he'll be ready and he'll be prepared. So uh, very pleased, very happy that Elway made such a good hire. Yeah, and, and you know he he's he's got you know people don't think of, of the Broncos as as like as like a very potent offense, but you know he he's he's got he's got weapons to work with. You know when you really think about it, you know Flacco, you know despite you know him him not being an elite quarterback, he's won a Super Bowl. He played great when he won the Super Bowl. Um, he's still been worthy of being a starting quarterback since then. He just hasn't been you know one of the top guys in the league. But you know if he's playing behind a better offensive line. Uh, he's he's got he's got two quality running backs there, uh, and then and then and then you know um, the thing too is, is that you know Cortland Sutton's going going in, going into his second year, and they and they've they've added Noah Fant, and you still have Emmanuel Sanders. And um, when I watched tape of Cortland Sutton coming up before the draft last year, I said uh, this guy this guy's play strength. Um, is is impressive. I mean, he's he is a he is a contested catch machine. Um, you go back and watch the college tape, very very similar, you know, to the NFL tape. You know, a, a big guy who can box you out and uh, you know makes makes a lot of spectacular contested catches. Um, you know, what do you what do you expect from from him his second year? I mean, I expect a big jump as well. Uh, you know, his even as a rookie, he quietly put up seven hundred yards. Uh, receiving and and his touchdowns were incredible. Then you go back and you watch their tape against Cincinnati. Cortland Sutton had a beautiful touchdown catch in that game. Uh, the game against the Jets, he had an, another great toe tap catch. Uh, in the game against the Cardinals, they Emmanuel Sanders threw that beautiful pass on a trick play, uh, and and Sutton laid out for it. So you see a guy who. Um, He'll kind of remind a lot of Broncos fans of a guy like Demarius Thomas, who's more of a big guy, uh, kind of bullies people with his size and his strength, um, but he's still very fast, still can get up and get that deep ball. Uh, you know, I, I just remember last year out of camp, there was that quote from from one of the Broncos players that was, uh, Cortland doesn't make, uh, he, he makes 50-50 balls, 70-30 balls. Um, He's got incredible length, incredible strength, and he plays the ball very well. I, I think if he limits the drops, he spends more time in the offense, spends more time with Flacco, um, with the receivers coach. I think this guy is going to be a very dangerous threat. Uh, I can't remember who it was um, on NFL Network, but they said that Cortland Sutton is going to be the next big thing. In, in the NFL, and I truly and firmly believe that um, with the the offensive weapons that they have surrounding uh, Joe Flacco with the upgraded offensive line and the upgraded coaching staff, I think Sutton can make a huge jump in his second season. Yeah, you know, I, I really I really thought his game was going to translate really really well to the to the NFL level, and uh, and look, you know. Um, you know how many how many of these great receivers do we see that in year two they're getting 13 14 1500 yards receiving but they start out with they start out with 700 yards but uh, you know you look at a lot of the plays he made last year you know he's 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 a you know he's a guy that you know he's a highlight reel type player just in terms of what he can do at the top of routes um, but they've also added added Noah Fant there which um, you know, is interesting because, you know, their offensive coordinator, he came from that San Francisco 49ers offense where uh, they, they utilized the heck out of out of George Kittle last year. Are, are you excited to see, you know, what the you know, what the offensive coordinator Scangarello can do, you know, with a rookie like Noah Fan? And, you know, and what do you want to see from that in training camp? Oh, yeah. I mean, 
it it, <laughs> it makes me very happy uh, that the Broncos drafted him uh, with this current staff because seeing I watched a lot of George Kettle last year and uh, I, I watched a lot of that offense and just how they run um, and they really try to utilize that type of tight end. He's not really the, your traditional Y blocking tight end um, who can also catch passes. Uh, he's definitely more in that in in line with that U type of tight end that George Kittle is who um, yeah he can he can block on the line but uh, we're gonna stretch him out and uh, and and we're gonna send him downfield or we're gonna have him on a crossing route or on a rub route um, and get him the ball because Fant coming out of Iowa I mean we, we both we both know uh, you know Fant and Hawkinson were a great tight end duo in college. Uh, but Fant was easily the best of the two when it came to run after the catch. Uh, Fant, Fant has the size and the speed to get away from smaller defenders. Uh, you know, y- you put him on a, you put a linebacker on him, he's going to beat him. You put a, a slower safety on him, he's going to beat him. Um, and he, his route running is great. His, his vertical is great. He's going to be a great red zone threat for Flacco. Uh, I, I'm really loving the thought of uh, adding Fanta in here, especially with Sanders and Sutton and Hamilton all coming along. Yeah, and, and you know, with Flacco, I mean, you know, you compare him to what he had in Baltimore. You know, he's, you know, Baltimore very good offensive line the last number of years, but you know, you you look you look at the receivers and the running backs. You know, he's getting. You know, I think he's going to a better roster at this point, um, and you know, he's going to a new offensive coordinator. So. Uh, you know, it'll be interesting to, to see to see you know how how that plays out there. You know, when you look at this offense a, as a whole, you know, if you were to hear one piece of good news out of training camp for the offense, um, what's the one thing you'd you'd want to hear about as a main headline? Uh, oh man, the the best news that <laughs> if I'm being a hundred percent honest as a, a not just as a Broncos writer, but a, as a Broncos fan, uh, it would be that Emmanuel Sanders is gonna is gonna be healthy enough to play in Week One. Uh, you know, unfortunately, you know the injury really derailed what was a beautiful season for him last year. He was well on his way to over a thousand yards, and you could definitely see that once he went out with his injury, the offense really struggled. It really sputtered. Uh, they weren't the same. Um, so having him back and having him be uh, an effective part of the offense, that would be the greatest news uh, that I could hear. Um, uh, and I guess, you know, secondly would be that Joe Flacco is, uh, you know, playing lights out. Um, it's it's always tough to change, especially in his situation when you're, you're going from a team that you were literally with from the day you got drafted, you won a Super Bowl with them, um, to being in a whole new, a whole new city, whole new team, whole new coaching staff. Um, so it, it would really warm my heart to see that he's gaining chemistry with Sanders, gaining gaining chemistry with uh, Fant and Sutton and Hamilton and and all the other guys that make this offense work. Uh, because if he's not in tune with one guy, it'll throw off the whole rhythm of the offense. So those those are a couple of things that I'd love to hear. All right, and, and here's here's the last question I'll ask you before we go to commercial break, and then we'll we'll talk about the defense. You know, I want to get get your take on this. So, um, Joe Flacco basically said, you know, it, it's not my job, you know, to mentor Drew Locke. And I remember Kurt Warner, uh, NFL Network, saying, 
Um, you know, that's not that's not the right attitude because because you always it's it's you should always be thinking about what can I do to help my team get better. But obviously, at the end of the day, he's a you know. Flacco wants to be wants to be this wants to be the starting quarterback. Probably not thrilled they, they draft you know Drew Locke. You know what do you what do you make of all that? Well, I mean, honestly, this it's one of the most like overhyped storylines of the offseason. and and I think it's it's bigger because of what happened in Baltimore um, with him and Lamar Jackson. But this happen this really happens a lot in football and and especially in the NFL. I mean, look at Tom Brady. Tom Brady has openly come out and said that he doesn't like, you know, he he doesn't like teaching the the younger quarterbacks uh, how to do his job. And and you know, honestly, it's not so much his job as a as the veteran quarterback to teach the younger quarterback. I think it's more of the younger quarterback's job to sit down and watch and soak up as much information as you can. And, and, you know, not every quarterback is going to be like Peyton Manning, where they try to take you under their wing and, and teach you everything that they know, because even Peyton's one of those guys who really didn't do that. Um, he liked spending time in the film room. And if you wanted to learn anything, you better be in the film room. Uh, Drew Locke is one of those guys who, who loves to be in the film room. Um, He's one of those guys who is it. He is a team player, and and at the end of the day, it's his job to to learn. It's his job to be in the playbook, especially if he's not playing. He needs to be in the playbook. He needs to be learning everything that he can. It's not Flacco's job to to sit there and baby him and say, "Hey, did you see what I did on that play out there?" It's it's his job to focus on the game at hand and win football games. It's Drew Locke's job to sit there with the clipboard and study. Know your role, Drew Locke. Know your role and shut your That's mouth. Right. <laughs> That's right. That's <laughs> right. Yeah. But um but okay, we're, we're very good. So that, that's that's going to wrap up uh the coverage at least we have for the offensive side of the ball. We're going to head to a quick break. Uh we'll come back and uh we'll talk about the Broncos uh defense heading into in heading into the 2019 training camp. We'll be right back. All right, we're back here on the Pro Football Scouting Show uh, here with Patrick Chiotti, um, our senior writer uh, for Pigskin Nut, also covers the Denver Broncos. Uh, we just finished up wrapping up uh, offensively, you know, Broncos training camp, giving a preview for that. Uh, now we're going to flip it over to the other side, other side of the ball, and we're going to look at uh, deep look look at look at defensively. Um, what went what what went right? What went wrong for the for this defense last year? And you know how ha- and have they improved? Well, uh, honestly, it's, uh, you know, looking at last year, it's not going to be hard to improve. Uh, <laughs> last year's team was was pretty bad as far as pass coverage goes, as far as run defense goes. The one thing that they were good at was getting to the quarterback, obviously, with uh, Von Miller and, and the stellar rookie Bradley Chubb. Uh, but the biggest, the biggest issue that they had was defending the run. Um, you know, yeah, they gave up a lot of passing yards in a lot of games. I mean, Bradley Roby got, it it seemed like he was getting burned every single game. Um, but they had a lot of issues trying to contain the running backs and it really didn't do them any favors in the passing game either. Um, you know, 
the one way that they improved this season, uh, obviously, was bringing in Vic Fangio um, from the Bears, who had one of the top defenses last year. Um, automatically, on paper, that makes this defense a better unit. Uh, he brings a no-nonsense attitude. He really likes to get the most out of his players. Um, and his record speaks for itself. I mean, he's coached some of the greatest defensive players of all time. Uh, Ray Lewis, Terrell Suggs, Patrick Willis. Uh, you know, he had Danny Trevathan, Khalil Mack. He had Roquan Smith over there in Chicago, and he got the most out of them. Uh, and he, when you look at this team and where they were when Fangio was hired, they had Vaughn Miller, uh, arguably one of the greatest edge defenders of all time. They have Bradley Chubb, a rising star. Uh, they have some key veterans in in Chris Harris and Derek Wolf, um, and he inherited uh, some great young safeties in Will Parks and Justin Simmons. Um, and they only went further in free agency, adding Bryce Callahan, former uh, former Bears guy. They added Kareem Jackson, who is a very versatile uh, defensive back. He can play corner. He can play safety. Um, you know, this is the team that is adding pieces in the secondary uh, to help improve that pass rush. Um, this is a team that is is really looking to hammer down and show why, uh, you know, why they won that Super Bowl back in the 2015-16 season. It wasn't because of the offense. It was because of the defense. Um, so if they can improve on the on the run on the run defense this year, and if they can improve in the secondary, which I believe they will, uh, this team is going to be very scary to face come Sundays. Yeah, you know, one of the things, you know, things that they've had issues with the past couple years is, you know, um, they've, they've gotten burned a lot, a lot a lot by tight ends. Do you think with the new, with the new additions there in the secondary, that's going to help out? Oh, sure. Uh, I mean, you, you look at what uh, Fangio did in Chicago last year. They were very good at covering tight ends, uh, mainly because of Danny Trevathan. Um, but if you have a safety slash linebacker type of guy who can really, uh, who can match up well size and speed with the tight ends, uh, like Travis Kelsey and, and George Kittle, um, you know, you're, you're going to have success. So I think they found their guy in Kareem Jackson. Um, you know, he, again, a guy who can play corner, he can play safety. Uh, you know, he's a, he's a bigger guy. So and he still has speed. So that's the guy who they're probably going to key to cover the tight ends. Uh, Will Parks is another guy who's kind of in between. He's kind of a, a hybrid linebacker safety uh, type of player. But, you know, it'll be interesting to see what Ed Donatel comes up with. They use a lot of different schemes in the Fangio defense. And that's probably one of the best traits of the defense is the offense can't really key on who's covering who there's a lot of, uh, disguised coverages. Um, so you'll think that Kareem Jackson is covering you, uh, but really they're playing a soft zone and, and, you know, you, you have someone else covering you. So it's, uh, it's going to be interesting to see, you know, how they defend tight ends this season. Like you said, they got burned a lot last season. It was really hard to watch that San Francisco game. Um, but I think it's going to be a lot better. They added pieces. Fangio's a great coach. He's going to coach up those linebackers. So I'm really excited. It, we're finally going to cover tight ends again. That's the slogan. Hashtag cover tight ends. 
Yeah. And, 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 you know, you know, we talked a little bit, you know, also we talked about tight ends, but obviously, you know, we talked about defending the run, um, you know, adding, you know, adding, adding, you know, some of these rookies, Draymond Jones, Justin Hollis, you know, can any of these guys, you know, contribute your, your one to make this run defense better? Oh man, you stole my, uh, my dark horse guy, uh, Draymond, Draymond Jones is going to be the guy that I'm going to look at to really try and be a, a key contributor in the run defense because uh, Domata Pecco is no longer with the team. Uh, Shelby Harris has taken over, and, and that's a good thing. Shelby Harris is a, a great run defender. But uh, when you're looking at that front, you have Adam Gotsis, you have Shelby Harris, you have uh, Derek Wolf, you have Zach Kerr, and then you have Draymond Jones. I'm confident that this group can can really help uh, improve that that run defense. Uh, Draymond Jones is a just an athletic freak, and he comes from a, back, uh, a boxing background. He's a little undersized um, for a, a interior defensive lineman, but his moves are are so quick, uh, and and that's really the kind of defensive lineman that Fangio likes to have is. The guy that is is very quick in the middle and can disrupt the play very early on. Uh, Justin Hollins, the other name that you mentioned, um, he's another versatile guy. He's going to be a guy that you're going to probably see play inside linebacker, and then you're going to see him rushing the quarterback on the next play. Uh, they're going to find ways to move him all over the place. He was very versatile at Oregon. Um, so it, it's very exciting to see that they're, they're drafting guys who aren't just stuck in one place and only do one thing. They're drafting guys that can play defense at at multiple different spots and do different things. So it's it's very exciting. And and do you think Vangio's um, system, you know, is the right fit, you know, for for, for, Dr- for Draymond Jones? Because he can be he can be incredibly disruptive, but you know, I I, I see him as a guy that you know put a, put put him put him in a right system where you know he can. You know, shoot shoot the B gap constantly. You know that could be sure. his calling card. What do you what do you think of him? Because if I'm if I'm correct, they're going to be running a little more of like a three four, yeah, know, type defense. He can handle two gap responsibility, but I'm curious to hear what you think of that. Oh sure, and I mean, uh, you know, go back and look at what Chicago did. Uh, you know, he's not as big. Uh, Draymond Jones is is not as big as this guy, but he was still you know a very disruptive force. Akeem Hicks. Uh, Akeem Hicks was one of those guys who who was always just right there in the play, no matter what. Um, and it, it was a combination of him using leverage on offensive linemen. Uh, you know that that obviously that's one of the biggest things that you need to learn to be in that system uh, and and the dual gap responsibilities. Um, but I think that Jones is quick enough. I think that he's got enough explosiveness that he can get in between those gaps. And he can he can stop the inside run. He can he can help in the pass rush uh, from the interior. Uh, it it will be interesting to see how he molds into the defense. Uh, it might take some time, uh, but for everything that I've heard coming out of camp, uh, coming from guys like Derek Wolf, uh, who's who's played in the three four system for a long time, it sounds like he's fitting in just fine. Yeah, I, I think you know he 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 has the potential, you know, to to be one of the biggest steals of the draft because, um, you you know you're you're talking about a guy who you're talking about a guy who who has the upside to take over a game 
who they who they who they drafted in the third round. So, uh, you know, if that's a home run for them, you know that that'll be that'll be exciting, exciting to see. And like you said, he, he's ultra athletic. Um, you could probably move him around a little bit. Um, and uh, you know, so, so nice, 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 nice addition there. What's 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 the key? What's the key for this defense? You know, in training camp, if we're going to look at you know what's were the one or two things that you know are going to be the biggest things that. Um, we want to see, or maybe a couple guys that stand out um, that contribute. You know, what do you, what's, what do you want to see as a Broncos fan? So the the main things that I want to see are everybody getting into, uh, into settling into the defense. Um, you know, they're going on. Um, you know, some of these guys have been uh, have been on the team since. Uh, the John Fox days. Uh, some of the guys have been on the team since the Gary Kubiak days, uh, you know, when they had Wade Phillips. Um, so a lot of these guys are dealing with this transition from the Joe Woods defense into the, into the Donatel Fangio defense. Um, you know, the biggest thing that we want to see is, is, is how these guys are going to mesh in um, to the way that this guy coaches. It sounds like everything's going very smooth. It sounds like he's already garnered a lot of respect, um, from, uh, from the veterans, especially. Um, the, the other thing that, uh, the main storyline, um, that I've been following and that I want to see is how the secondary is going to shore up, who's going to be playing where, uh, obviously they, they added a couple guys that really can make a difference in Callahan and Jackson, um, but the guys that were already there, uh, Chris Harris, obviously he's going to be a starter. Uh, but Isaac Yadam, where is he going to fit in as a as a fourth cornerback? Uh, what about Sua Cravens, a guy who they traded for last year who didn't see the field a lot uh, and is possibly on the bubble? Um, what about uh, you know where's what's Will Parks' role going to be? So these are some things that we want to see. Um, the, these are some questions that we want answered. Uh, I, I think that I, overall, this is a very good unit, uh, from, from top to bottom, the ones and twos are, are very nice. The main question that we're going to see is, is what about the threes and fours? Um, you know, where are these guys going to be? How are these guys going to contribute? How, how are the rookies going to contribute? How, how is Jones going to contribute? Hollins? Um, what about DeMarcus Walker? Is he going to have a role? You know, uh, there's a lot of pieces that need to be figured out before we can really say, Hey, this, this defense is going to be the best defense in the league. Cause we don't know. Um, you know, there's, there's going to be a lot of questions about the passing game. Obviously, you know, Chris Harris is getting older. Uh, Kareem Jackson is an older back. Can they defend in this pass happy NFL? Uh, and I think they can. Um, Chris Harris has steadily been one of the best cornerbacks in the NFL for the past four or five years. Um, you know, Kareem Jackson, uh, I think he, he deserved a contract being such a, uh, a versatile player and, and such a role player. And Callahan is one of the best slot corners, uh, the best young slot corners in the game. So pairing that with, with Simmons who should have a breakout year and parks who should be a key contributor I think we're going to see a lot of good things from this Denver Broncos defense. And I think the fans are pretty excited. Um, you know, obviously Von Miller and Bradley Chubb are going to remind uh, uh, Bears fans of what they lost um, in Vic Fangio and Ed Donatel um, because their production is, is only going to get better. I mean, Chubb had 14 sacks as a rookie. Vaughn had another great year. 
you know, wh- what's the ceiling is the question. Um, how far can Fangio take this defense? And we're going to see. And, and we're very excited to see. Yeah, I'm excited to see as well. Um, you know, we know we know we know Von Miller is is one of the one of the best players in the NFL, arguably the best edge rusher in the game. We know we know that that we know Bradley Chubb is ascending and he's ascending very very quickly. Uh, I don't think I don't think too many people were surprised um, that he had massive success his rookie year. I mean, he just came into this game, you know, really, you know, Von Miller said it. He said, you know, he, he was he was dancing around because he he said, I feel like. We got a combination of me and Khalil Mack because uh, speed to power and, and and first step quickness. So um, you know they have they have the pass rushers. You know they have you know they have the franchise cornerback. You know in in Chris Harris, who's been uh, you know you know really 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 been you know him and Von Miller have been the two mainstays on that team. But you know you're right. It, it's going to come down to you know can, can a few other guys step up? And, and I think you know you're correct that if Two or three of these guys can step up, you know, a Draymond Jones, a Justin Hollis. Um, it can really ele- elevate this defense to another level and, uh, you know, help them with the areas that, that they need, which is going to be run defense and, uh, you know, um, and, you know, it's, uh, also, you know, being being good in, in terms of in terms of stopping tight ends and, and dropping back into coverage. They've gotten stronger back there. Um, it'll be uh, it'll be an interesting year. Um, so that's going to wrap up uh, all of our coverage we have here. Uh, for for Broncos uh, Bro- Broncos training camp, giving a preview of their training camp heading into 2019. We're, we're about you know a week or so away, um, so I am excited for that. Uh, for Steve, the Scout Fishkin, Patrick Chioti, uh, this is the Pro Football Scouting Show. Uh, for more information on Patrick's articles, you can go to pigskinnut.com forward slash Broncos. Um, and remember, make pigskinnut.com and pigskinnutradio.com your ultimate choice for getting in-depth quality football analysis and football radio any time of the day. Take care.